0: Welcome to day 358 of our third season together and shaped by the word. Uh, we have done the story of the New Testament, the story of Scripture, and now we're doing the story of the prophets. And the prophets are the perfect bridge between uh, the Old Testament uh, promises and the New Testament realization in Christ. So in the prophets, we see a note of judgment, a, a note of hope, and a note of renewal. And the same is true as we come to the prophet Joel. Probably the key characteristic uh, in the prophet of Joel is he uh, tends to build his prophecy around uh, locust swarms. Uh, So we have in chapter one what is probably a literal, you know, locust invasion of the nation of Israel. But it foreshadows the invasion of nations that will come through Israel, and of course even that foreshadows, you know, the final judgment, you know, that God will bring about. kind of convinced we've put Joel in the wrong place. We have him toward the end of our story, the prophets. It mm-hmm. feels like Joel is a little bit more toward the beginning of the story because it still feels like he is looking forward to, uh, not looking forward to in the way of anticipating with joy, mm-hmm. but looking forward to the invasion of Assyria and the invasion of Babylon over the lands of Israel. We have no dating of Joel, so we are you know, left you know, guessing by his message where he belongs. But we pick up on Paul, by the way, here with Katie? Uh, David and Matt. As we continue our time together, we pick up in uh, chapter 1, beginning in verse 13. uh, Before we um, go into our second locust swarm, uh, let's offer ourselves in this moment uh, to the Lord. Matt, you mind lifting us up with a word of prayer? Let's
1: pray. Father, we thank you for your word, and we do thank you for um, this time together. As we hear your voice, as we're reminded uh, that you're a God who Knows us, who cares for us, who has spoken to us and revealed um, your heart and character to us, Father. Would your word continue to shape us into the the image of Christ as we read together, um, as we hopefully not just spend time talking about um, the text, but but really encountering you, uh, Father? We ask that your power be at work um, in us by your Spirit as we um, as we hear your words to us. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Joel chapter one verse
0: thirteen. Put on sackcloth, you priests, and mourn, well, you who minister before the altar. Come, spend the night in sackcloth, you who minister before my God. For the grain offerings and the drink offerings are withheld from the house of your God. Declare a holy fast, call a sacred assemble, summon the elders and all who live in the land, the house of the Lord your God, and cry out to the Lord. Alas, for that day, for the day of the Lord is near. It will come like destruction from the Almighty. Has not the food been cut off before your very eyes? Joy and gladness from the house of our God. Seeds are shriveled beneath the clods. Storehouses are in ruins. The granaries have been broken down. The grain has dried up. How the cattle moan. The herds uh, mill about because they have no pasture. Even the flocks of sheep are suffering. To you, Lord, I call. For fire has devoured the pasture in the wilderness, and flames have burned up all the trees of the field. Even the wild animals pant for you. The streams of water have dried up, and fire has devoured the pastures in the wilderness. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm on my holy hill. Let all who live in the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. It is close at hand, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and blackness. Like dawn spreading across the mountains, a large, mighty army comes such as never was in ancient time, will never be again in the ages to come. Before them, fire devours, behind them a flame blazes. Before them the land is like a garden of Eden, behind them a desert waste. Nothing escapes them. They have the appearance of horses, they gallop along like cavalry. With a noise like that of the chariots, they leap over the mountain tops like a crackling fire-consuming stubble, like a mighty army drawn up for battle. At the sight of them, nations are in anguish, every face turns pale. They charge like warriors, they scale walls like soldiers, and they all march in line, not swerving from their course. They do not jostle each other, each marches straight ahead. They plunge through defenses without breaking ranks. They rush upon the city, they run along the wall, they climb into the houses like thieves, they enter through the windows. Before them, the earth shakes and the heavens tremble the sun and the moon are darkened and the stars no longer shine the lord thunders at the head of his army his forces are beyond number and mighty is the army that obey his commands the day of the lord is great it is dreadful who can endure it and of course that's one of the themes that uh, finds itself you know throughout the prophets the coming day of the lord it is both a great and a terrible day it'll be good news for those that love the lord and long for his appearance but it will be bad news for those who have ignored him and walked according to their own devices and in their own ways and so judgment is you know first of all coming on the house of israel before restoration can take place Mm -hmm. and so we've moved from a a natural disaster of a locust swarm moving across the land to an unnatural disaster of uh, armies of assyria probably babylon you know coming across the land and devouring everything Mm -hmm. in their wake and what a picture of those armies they don't even jostle each other there's no wasted movement when they come to a wall they're soon over the wall when they come to the land in front of them, it looks like the Garden of Eden. Behind them, you know, absolute you know, desolation and waste. So a picture not only of the coming judgment of, of Israel, but also of an even greater judgment that is coming. And these figures, in the same way we talked about last week, you know, the figures of the restoration and joy don't even begin to describe the fullness of restoration and joy. Also the Images of devastation do not even begin to describe the devastation for those who have rejected the Lord's salvation. And it's a very dark, very scary, very awesome picture.
2: And definitely, just as we read this, um, I think about what we read in Ezekiel about the river and what we find in Revelation about the river, which the river just brings such life and flourishing. Um and that's you know, being being affected by the living water, being in Christ. Um, and this is just the complete opposite, The the um, just the description of what's happening here. You know, food has been cut off before their very highest joy and gladness from the house of our God. Um, the seeds are shriveled beneath the clods. I mean, there's just line after line of just awful, awful things. And the loss of life, the lack of life, the drying up of of um, what what once was living, and it's it's just so depressing. <laughs> but it's just such a stark contrast between what happens when you rebel from the Lord and what happens when you are in Christ and and you're experiencing the flourishing that He brings.
0: Yeah, and, and of course you also have you know you have the image in the you know, in, in Psalm one, which is kind mm-hmm. of. Uh, you know, the centerpiece of all, you know, all the Psalms that fall, how blessed it is to walk in the ways of the Lord and to flourish and to yield fruit. And uh, how the wicked are like shafts that are just blown away. That's right. And so you see, you know, those pictures here. And so this is not only, you know, you not only have the outward picture of a natural devastation that moves through the land of Israel and a, uh, you know, kind of an unnatural devastation as God uses uh, Israel's enemies to judge Israel, but you also see personal devastation, even though outwardly we may flourish and we may be surrounded by good things, uh, you know, our life in God is so much richer than our life apart from, you know, from God. Mm -hmm. And and so there's kind of a natural inward dryness of Mm -hmm. heart that Mm -hmm. results, you know, when we walk away from the Lord. Mm -hmm. So these images are big in so many ways. They're personal, they're national, and they're worldwide. And uh, you know, prophecy works like that; it speaks on several different dimensions
3: all at once. I think you also see some of the effects. You know, we've talked about it before, but how you know sin obviously does affect us, but all of creation, you know, is affected by sin, and, and one day all of creation will be restored in, in, through the work of Christ. But you know, verses kind of eighteen, nineteen, and, and twenty of, of, of chapter one that we're reading, you know, the cattle are moaning, and the, the herds are milling about, they have no pasture, the flocks of sheep are suffering. And even before what you mentioned, Katie, you know, the the wild animals pant for you because the streams have dried up. And so, yes, the people of Israel are affected, but all of creation is affected as well. And that also reminds us of the scope of of redemption and restoration is for the people and for the creation. And you you hear, you know, in the
0: background, the words of the Apostle Paul in chapter 8, how all of creation is groaning, waiting for the restoration of the sons of God to be revealed or our adoption to sonship you know, to be revealed. So in the biblical narrative, uh, uh, creation is deeply tied to, uh, you know, God's people and uh, God's response, you know, God's people's response to him. So there's a sense of outward blessing and inward blessing of outward, you know, uh, prosperity and inward prosperity that are tied together in the prophets and throughout the themes of scripture. Mm -hmm.
1: You know, and it tells us something about the heart of God that, In the midst of, you know, this devastation, you get this call to to return to the Lord. You know, let's put on sackcloth. Let's go, you know, you who minister before the Lord. You know, let's call holy fasts. What do they do? It's let's go and cry out to the Lord. And then even to the end, you get Joel saying, you know, in verse 19, to you, Lord, I call, you know, just that what happens when devastation hits, you know, what happens even for us when we're maybe caught in our own sin Mm -hmm. and we, we reap the the. The consequences of that sin. You know, what do we turn to? And I think for, you know, we don't know the exact time that this is happening. But for them, you know, it would have been maybe we turn to other nations. You know, maybe we form alliances. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. we kind of muster up and maybe we've got to double down our efforts on harvesting and mm-hmm. you know pest yeah. control. <laughs> no, obviously, <laughs>
0: obviously, you know, if Joel is speaking to the same nation of Judah and the same nation of Israel that all the prophets are speaking to. We know that's exactly where they have mm-hmm. where they have turned. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that they have turned you know to their own resources and to their own you know to their allies and to yep. uh, you know different you know, tangible things that you can look at and you can hold and you can trust in. And, and of course, all of those lead you know to this kind of leanness of heart and mm-hmm. soul and spirit. Mm-hmm. And even you know God getting their attention through natural disasters and through judging them you know through the nations at all. But uh, as we'll learn as we continue in Joel, that not only you know, does God you know, forecast you know, this kind of judgment, but he is also a God that desires to relent right. from the very things you know, that he has forecast. I know that messes with our Calvinism a little <laughs> bit, but it's good to have our Calvinism <laughs> messed with you know, just a, a little bit. It takes nothing away from God's sovereignty, but puts a whole lot into the mystery of God's ways yeah. you know, with men and women fantastic uh, start off to our last week together mm-hmm. uh david you mind closing us with a word of prayer now let's pray
3: and father we do know in those seasons when we feel far from you and we feel lean and when we feel distant we know that we can cry out to you mm-hmm. because you're a merciful and compassionate and kind god yet you you also bring judgment and we see the devastation of that judgment and so we thank you that in christ jesus we can escape this judgment and so, Father, may we be a people who don't just continually walk away from you or distance ourselves from you, but may we come into your presence day after day um, confessing our sin and renewing and restoring ourselves um, through the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.